1: We are live streaming live to the Lions of Liberty Pride on Patreon and Locals Uh, here with Gordon McGill and Gordon's a trucker with over 25 years of experience uh, on the road across four countries and he's here today to talk about what the heck is going on in Canada with the Freedom Convoy and actually originally I reached out to Gordon before this all happened. I don't even know if we actually talked at that point in time. Um, but Anthony Meyer, you know, longtime supporter to this show, um, he wanted me to talk to Gordon about a, a separate topic, which I can't even remember what it is at this point in time. I think it had to do with the trucker that was, uh, speeding and, uh, was unable to put on his brakes and, uh, had oh, the, that
0: fellow in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he got he crashed yeah. so, in Colorado. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe we can talk about that if we have some time, but I want to focus obviously on, you know. What's the most important here, and what most people want to hear about? But with that note about Anthony, this is his uh, his Nittany show. So when you're uh, at the Nittany level in the Lions of Liberty Pride, you get to you know recommend guests and produce the show. So thank you to uh, Anthony for uh, for helping to make this happen. And Gordon, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, John. And hello, everyone. Hello, uh, Lions of Liberty Pride, and all your various fans all across the internet.
1: Hey, man, you've been uh, you've been all over the place. You, uh, I saw you in an article in, in Newsweek, right? You've been several other different outlets. You've been on podcasts.
0: Yeah. So I've, well, I've,
1: um, what, what's it been like?
0: <laughs> so I, I went back. I went home to Canada a week and a half ago to take part in the beginning of this uh, Freedom Convoy protest in Ottawa. I am Canadian, but I do live in the United States now. I live in upstate New York, so I'm not that far from Canada.
1: We, we won't um, hold that against you.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> I, I can't win either side of the border I'm on. When I'm down here, I'm an immigrant. When I'm up north, I'm a defector. I can't win. <laughs> but anyway, um, so th- this Freedom Convoy thing kind of came out of nowhere a couple weeks ago. And I have written and uh, spoken on a few podcasts um, for years previous to this issue coming up about uh, the overregulation of the truck driver um. You know, large corporate trucking companies uh, engaging in regulatory capture and screwing Mm -hmm. the business up. Like, I've been at this for a while. And then when this Freedom Convoy thing came along, I I was just amazed at, like, how quickly it came out of nowhere. And it's, like, legitimate grassroots nature. It was literally cooked up by a couple in Alberta and their friends. And then it, like, snowballed through social media. And um, so I went to Ottawa. I welcomed the Western Canada Convoy, which was one of many. That came to ottawa to take part in this protest and are still there and then i went downtown i met up with a friend of mine from alberta whose rig is currently parked on wellington street uh like 300 yards from parliament he's still there i have a few friends and family in ottawa and i met up with them and we went down and supported the truckers and i came home and within hours of the weekend the uh media smear campaigns began saying, you know, we're all fringe right-wing Nazi extremists, and there's a guy Mm -hmm. with a Confederate flag, and we should just not listen to any of these guys, you know, and I had to respond, like, I couldn't deal with the smearing of my people based on, like, two guys with a flag out of what was possibly 100,000 people in Ottawa on Saturday, you know, and even if it wasn't 100,000, it was in the tens of thousands, yeah. and these and, guys and you keep
1: to, you keep seeing it's not like you're seeing you know multiple pictures of different trucks and different flags it's the same flag like that's all i see well I've this, is, this
0: is what the media does they they, yeah. they latch on to the fringe guys way out over here who may have been plants like let's mm-hmm. not kid ourselves yeah. here the government's not above trying to make its enemies look bad so they they've latched onto this and they won't let it go so i i responded i wrote this article in newsweek and one of the points I wanted to make in the Newsweek article was that this is a legit grassroots movement, right? Like, they, all their funding has been through GoFundMe, which was then stolen this weekend. Like $9 million that was supposed to go to the organizers. GoFundMe turned it around and sent it back to all the donors. And in increments of like 20 bucks, 50 bucks, $100, um, there's no connection between the Freedom Convoy and any unions, any other institutional labor organizations any of Canada's political parties, Um, anybody with any power in the Canadian government or Canadian society whatsoever. So like, because none of these people have any claim to it, they can't take credit for it and they can't control it. And one of the things I've noticed in sort of leftish online discourse, certain quarters of left media Are all these people freaking out about like, well, these, these aren't real workers. They're the petite bourgeoisie or they're reactionaries or they're being funded secretly by billionaires. But if you actually look at the facts, who's being funded here by billionaires, the biggest representative organization of the trucking industry in Canada are called the Canadian Trucking Alliance. Who funds the Canadian Trucking Alliance? Massive trucking corporations that have thousands of trucks. are owned by billionaires and shareholders publicly traded Mm -hmm. companies the canadian trucking alliance has attacked the freedom convoy publicly in the media they support trudeau's vaccine mandates and they are donors to the liberal party of canada who are currently in charge so all these dumbasses in the media who are claiming that billionaires are supporting us are actually reporting the opposite right the opposite is actually what's happening Billionaires for yeah, supporting Trudeau,
1: and it's not like you, you can't like fake a protest like this because you have actual trucks. Like you, know, you, can't, you can't just you know manufacture fake trucks. They, they, I mean these aren't coming out of thin air. So no, that, and they're mostly owned by farmers. <laughs> like I was
0: there, I was in Ottawa. I've met all these people. Mm-hmm. Most of them are like independent owner operators or company drivers. I mean there's there's, there's people trying to like hang on this pet entry like well if you're an owner operator that means you're a capitalist and if you're just a company driver that means you're the proletariat it's ridiculous there's all across the spectrum owner operators drivers supporters that showed up for this thing but a lot of them typically are farmers with their own trucks that haul their own grain from western canada guys on the prairies guys with their own logging trucks guys who work for small companies like a family-owned company that's got 5 or 6 trucks they're coming to support this a lot of people came in their own vehicles we were getting all these numbers of about like thousands of vehicles in this convoy well yeah most of them were actually pickup trucks because a lot of the guys who've been laid off because of the vaccine mandate and crossing the border can't actually take their company's big rig to the protest so they're bringing their own vehicle or they're bringing mm-hmm. an RV Or they're, like, towing a trailer with a homemade sign on it. You know, like, come one, come all. It's actually, there's a quite broad spectrum of people involved in this. And uh, like I said, all of of this disinformation and smearing going on in the media, I couldn't stand by and watch it happen, which is why I've written these articles.
1: So how did this, you you mentioned a little bit there at the beginning that this, just how, crazy this is how this came together with just you know a couple talking around the the kitchen table and it seemed like it, it didn't seem like it actually happened in the matter of a week to a week and a half all of a sudden you have you know one of the largest protests in the <coughs> modern era so how were they able to bootstrap this raise upwards of i think what 10 million on gofundme that was then canceled out and then quickly I think another $5 million, maybe more than that. I haven't checked or haven't heard recently on uh, Give, Send, Go. What, how did this happen? Well, I
0: think how it happened was you have to understand. Uh, I mean, you're in the United States. In Canada, we've had some pretty atrocious lockdown measures, both at the provincial and federal level, and people have had enough. So when this movement came out on social media – it touched something deep in the Canadian collective psyche that said that that was like a talisman. We have had enough. We have had enough of our lives being interrupted. We have had enough of the psychological warfare. We have had enough of masks. We have had enough of vaccine passports and the bifurcation of society between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, which is basically medical apartheid. And the the general Canadian public has had enough of this garbage. And so they glommed onto it. So every time, like, a convoy would get organized, say, in Vancouver or Calgary, wherever, mm-hmm. they would come truck out trucking, and people would, like, hang out on overpasses or on the side of the highway waving signs. And as the Western Canada convoy came east, all those videos would get shared around the world, and then you would see more of it in Ontario and Manitoba and Quebec and the Maritimes. And it just snowballed. It was like a literal social media snowballing thing because the message resonated with people. We have had enough of this garbage and we want our regular open society back.
1: I want to tell you guys about iTrust Capital. It's the number one crypto IRA platform in the United States. Um, you can self-trade cryptocurrency, physical gold and silver right in your retirement account. Now you get the the tax advantages of a traditional IRA. You get them while trading crypto and physical gold and silver. Um, As an iTrust client, um, you're going to be able to log into your account and self-trade 24-7. Transactions are executed in real time and settle in seconds. They offer more than 25 crypto assets and they're growing. Um, They have transparent pricing. They have the lowest and most transparent costs in the industry by far. And they post the freeze right up front so you can see them iTrust is secure. They use Coinbase Custody and Curve to secure uh, your assets. iTrust also has over 1,500 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Trustpilot. Now, here's the kicker, guys. Special offer here. All you got to do is visit Lions and sign up today, open an account, move money from an existing 401k, whatever you got to do. And you're going to get $100 of Bitcoin when you fund your account. Go to Lions to sign up today. And we talked about this a little bit when we talked uh, before the show. Um, but, but you look at the way Trudeau has reacted to this. And I mean, Trudeau, I think, is a very stupid person. Because um, if he if he was smarter, I think there's no, no. there's much much better ways to to deal with this, and he could have he could have saved some face. Which I, at this point, I'm not sure what's going to happen or how it's going to play out. But Trudeau has tried to um, what? What he confiscated gasoline, which I don't know how how real that was, or just to, you know just a show for the cameras. And the the military in camera in uh, the military in Canada has you know they're not getting involved. They're standing down. The Ottawa police are seemingly not getting involved. So uh, w- what happens next year? It's kind of at at a standstill. What do you think is going to happen? Well, <coughs>
0: yeah, it, it, Tr- Trudeau is in a rock and a hard place. So the, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background about Canadian politics because in Canada they have the British parliamentary system and last year Trudeau called an election because it's under the Prime Minister's prerogative to call an election whenever he wants as long as he does it within every five years. So Trudeau mistakenly thought that everybody loved him uh, because of his COVID regime stuff and he called an election and then nothing changed. He was already in a minority parliament position so he has enough seats, he has more seats in parliament than the other parties, but not enough seats to form a clear majority, which means he has to work with other parties to get legislation passed. This past election did not change that. So he, he's in this position where his claim to power is contingent on keeping the support of the small minority of people who already support him. And if he is seen to cave to us, that small minority will become a much smaller minority. And if there's a, a non-confidence motion or that triggers another election, he's probably toast. That said, he, 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 also can't, he also can't keep ignoring us. As of our talking, as far as I know, Mm -hmm. Trudeau and his people still have not met the organizers of the convoy. They have talked to the media. They have had committees in parliament. They have talked about the truckers, but they have not spoken with us. Right? Like what kind of leader does this?
1: Which is crazy. That's absolutely insane.
0: It is. And Trudeau already looks like an idiot because he tried to like meme this into becoming the January 6th of Canada. So literally last Saturday when I was in Ottawa, He skipped town and went to a chalet somewhere out in the hills in Quebec with his family because he feared for his life or feared for his safety. And since he's left, what has happened in Ottawa? There's been no violence. The Ottawa police have said it's been peaceful. No matter what the media says, nothing bad has happened. They tried to say that, like, truckers stole food from this the shelter for the homeless, which w- upon investigation, there was no evidence of it. What happened was, is other people that may or may not have been supporters of the protest came in, you know, trying to get food and then they wouldn't wear masks and they might've been aggressive. And the staff at this place didn't feel comfortable. There was never any theft since mm-hmm. then the truckers have opened their own community kitchen called Coventry and all of the food that keeps getting donated to them by the tons they're cooking food and giving it to anybody that comes by, homeless, supporters, not supporters, general public or otherwise. There's been dance parties in the street. The organizer of one of Canada's biggest electronic dance music festivals played this past Saturday night. He played like for six hours at a, re- like a renegade sound system down the street from Parliament. On Sunday, there was a, a family day where they had inflatable bouncy castles for kids and you could bring your kids to meet truckers and pull their air horns and check out their cabs. So it's been the opposite of what the media is trying to tell you. Yet Trudeau hides from us and pretends that we are like insurrectionists. And the media goes along with it because they're paid for by Trudeau. Most of the Canadian media receives subsidies from the federal government. We have a one-party state media that pretends that like they're diverse. It's it's bonkers.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh it's, yeah, it's probably similar to the US. I mean, at least in the US, if you think about it, all the media is, is you know, they're collecting money for ads. And what are most of the ads? Most of the ads are pharmaceutical ads or political ads for, for the for the most part. So that's who pays their salary. So what do you think the news is gonna be? So I, I wanna get back to um I did see recently, I think it was today when I saw it. That the freedom convoy the the media team or whatever sort of uh, you know PR arm that they have they've put out the the call for you know regular people or anybody who who supports this cause to really think about coming to Ottawa so w- what do you think is is the plan there and w- w- I, I think how will that help there, the cause ultimately I
0: think the plan there is is there the the organizers of the freedom convoy are advised by some very intelligent people, some really good lawyers. They have scientists to back them for our claims about these vaccine mandates. Um, there's some really smart people there. And what they're seeing is they're studying previous protests in Canada that have taken place recently to see how they went down, how the police reacted, how the government reacted and what was the outcome, right? Like they're, they're not flying into this blind, And so in 2010, there was a big protest in Toronto against the G8 and the Ontario government changed some rules for like engagement for the police. And they started using this strategy called kettling, where they have lines of police officers coming in and boxing people in on the streets. Now there's some discussion about whether or not that's going to work with all these trucks in the way and, you know, lots of people around. I, I don't know about that. However, the organizers feel that if we have more people in Ottawa with their cell phones out, videotaping the RCMP engaging in this practice, if they, in fact, do that.
1: RCMP, that RCMP stands for?
0: The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They're the okay. federal-level uh, police in Canada. There's some provinces have their own police. So in Ontario, there's the Ontario Provincial Police. In Quebec, there's La Cirette de Quebec. Uh, Newfoundland has the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. Most other provinces will have their own local, regional, or city cops, but most of it is covered by the RCMP. The city of Ottawa has a problem on its hands because the Ottawa Police Department leadership is on the side of the government, but all of the cops are on our side and are only sort of doing what they're told but for the most part are cooperating with the truckers. As far all the people I've spoken with in Ottawa, the cops have been nice for the most part, and the truckers are cooperating with them, and everything's fine and peaceful. That's a problem for Trudeau. So he can't trust the Ottawa city cops, and for whatever reason, the OPP aren't getting involved, so he's bringing in the heavies. He's bringing in the RCMP. He can't bring in the military. Uh, somebody in the Ottawa media or maybe the Ottawa police made a suggestion a few days ago that perhaps we should consider bringing in the military. The following day a spokesperson for the Canadian Armed Forces unequivocally denounced that and said we're not getting involved this is not our this is not our um, jurisdiction this is not our job to get involved mm-hmm. with this this is on the city of Ottawa we're not touching it so Trudeau is limited to who he can use to try and clear the truckers out right? He doesn't have any support from the tow truck companies. There's, they've been talking about, well, let's just tow all these trucks out of here. Well, you need to have big truck tow rigs. Well, guess what? The companies that the companies and the drivers at the big truck towing companies are on our side. They're in solidarity with us. So the, the those people told the city of Ottawa, well, all our drivers have COVID. We're not available. The city of Ottawa has got no friends, right? Trudeau. Mm-hmm has no friends other than the media and the establishment shitbags who keep lying about us all the time and want to just like pretend we don't exist or pretend that we're fringe right-wing extremists. So the only thing he's got left is the RCMP, which I think is why you saw this SOS video from the organizers last night saying, "Hey everybody, if you can, come to Ottawa, bring your cameras, you know <coughs> like let's document this because this is the last thing we think they might use against us and the more people that are here to see it and document it and talk about it the less chance it's actually going to happen
1: so what what the freedom convoy do they have a, i mean do they have a list of of demands is it yes, essentially are they are simple. they just yes, are they just the, demanding the to to get rid of all the, the covid the is, restrictions the list
0: is real simple an end to all vaccine mandates, an end to all vaccine passports, an end to the COVID regime, completely. It's not just about the truckers. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what primed it. That was the catalyst for it. But this this protest is much larger in scope, and it, it's larger, but also focused only on this stuff. Right? It, w- there could be any number of other issues, but we are tight on this. End. All of the COVID stuff. Other countries are opening up. Other states in the U.S. that never really closed to begin with. There's the world is moving on past this two years of nonsense. The case numbers are going down. The vaccine has been proven to not really work against Omicron, which has already sort of faded away. The scientists are all saying, like, you just have to sort of deal with it. It's going to be endemic, just like every other flu pandemic that we've known about in human history and we're all moving on but trudeau is not so there's something deeper going on in the background whether it's like trudeau and most of his cabinet being children of the wef youth leadership summits and being answerable to klaus schwab and bill gates and all these other douchebags i mean i won't get into that but like they do have those connections Mm-hmm. and trudeau and, and there's there are corporations tech companies and pharmaceutical companies working with the trudeau government to like manage all these qr codes and manage everybody's vaccine status and they're trying to sell some of their technology to the united states government to do the same in the us so they're literally and i say this a lot on twitter they're literally trying to construct a biomedical surveillance state 100% so like th- th- this is the alamo against that right we don't want any of these mandates that would necessitate the creation of this biomedical surveillance state, and that's it. That that's it. We just no more mandates, no more vaccines, no more passports. That's it. Done.
1: So, so I talked about this a little bit last week. I had a uh, did a solo show and, and ranted a little little bit about the uh, you know freedom convoy, what was going on, and talked about just how you know how inspiring it was to watch. You know, the, just the the videos posted on Instagram and Twitter of the trucks going by and the people out in the freezing cold cheering, um, it, it was awesome. I couldn't get enough of it. I was watching them like a like a crazy person. But the thing that I'm worried about, and, and maybe and, and maybe I shouldn't be worried about this, is sort of the blowback. This is something that you know I agree with, and you know, people who are liber- you know, libertarian leaning, libertarians agree with what the Freedom Convoy is doing. But could this possibly turn as the Freedom convoy itself, with all of these trucks, you know, not working, not you know delivering goods, turn into a very bad supply chain crisis that then could boomerang boomerang back and uh, sort of turn the tides back in favor of Trudeau? Well, the problem
0: is with that thesis is that the people who are committed to this are never going to get vaccinated, right? We believe in bodily sovereignty. So Mm -hmm. even if, you know, this went sideways and the public relations went against us, we're still not going to comply. So that supply chain issue will continue existing, right? Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, like the, the, the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa is not the only protest, right? There's a massive blockade of trucks at the coots alberta border crossing where interstate 15 comes up through montana and is the main drag between calgary edmonton alberta the prairie provinces and then down into the united states los angeles the western part of the u.s that border crossing has been effectively shut for over a week now um there's another border crossing in british columbia that's been closed off there's been a slow roll at the busiest border crossing between canada and the united states at windsor and detroit um, that's, that's more or less slowed right down. And now they're talking about a Marine blockade. I, I've heard rumors that there's people on boats that are going to try and block off the Halifax Harbor in Nova Scotia. So like, th- this is not just about Ottawa. This is a nationwide thing and that's going to cause nationwide supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were already there to begin with, right? Like this supply chain stuff. this is the problem like trudeau is already trudeau has shot himself in the foot right so some back he imposed this vaccine mandate a month ago it started in january right so all of these truck drivers who would have already been working through the covid crisis for the last two years were all of a sudden told if you don't get a vaccine you can't work well There's no study done anywhere that says truck drivers spread it any more than anybody else. There's no study done anywhere saying truck drivers get or catch COVID any more than anybody else. And we've all been working through this. We are the most essential of essential workers. And then Trudeau just comes along and says, well, you have to get your vaccine now or you're not allowed to work. Oh, I guess we're not very essential anymore then, are we? Right? So like, Mm -hmm. The, the 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 pre the previous supply chain issues that had already been like stacked up before this happened, Trudeau made it worse. This is on him. Okay.
1: No, I I, I agree. I agree. Um. Yeah. Just. I mean. In, I mean. It it'd be it would be hard to believe that there's not going to be you know greater supply chain you know issues that that come because of this. But I, you bring up a great point. I mean. It's not like the people who are standing for this and risking everything, you know, by going to Ottawa, by you know, doing these different blockades. It's not like they're going to turn around one day and just say, "Yeah, oh, you know what? I'll I'll just get I'll just get vaccinated." I mean, yeah,
0: no. Pe- people are like a lot, a lot of these guys that that own their own trucks are literally putting their livelihoods on the line. If their truck gets seized by the government and then they lose it, they're done. You mm-hmm. know. And and guys that have been that even that are just regular drivers. What happens if they get arrested or the media smears them or something? And then doofuses like that, members of the Canadian Trucking Alliance, won't hire them if they end up on a blacklist. Like we're we've already gone to the wall. This is the wall. This is the line. This is the Alamo. You know, if you if Trudeau thinks like he's just going to snap his fingers and say, well, who cares about these guys that um, are protesting against me? You can't just replace. Ten percent of every truck driver in Canada tomorrow, right? It yeah. can't be done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't have the uh, they don't have the robots to do that.
0: No, I mean they're trying that, but I think that's a lot longer off than some of the pimps yeah. would would believe.
1: Yeah, that was a big. Uh, yeah, what was that twenty? Yeah, I was twenty six. No, that was the, for for this last election. Andrew Yang was talking about that, like it was coming. You know, like it was imminent, there were going to be you know robot truck drivers. But yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's decades away, if if it ever happens. I mean, who knows?
0: I think it but, might happen in certain sectors of the business, but not all of them, and not as fast as they seem to think it's going to. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of hurdles to jump before that becomes a thing.
1: So, just from like a, a demographic standpoint, and I'm just trying to get a, a flavor for for how Canada, you know, most Canadians are reacting to this. Do you think that it's basically, you know, that, that core of, uh, you know, Trudeau's party, that support, obviously they're probably behind him. What percentage are they? What percentage are those who are, you know, diehard supporting the uh, freedom convoy? And then how many people do you think are just kind of in the middle? Like, I, I don't know what to do.
0: Well, that that's an interesting question. Uh, I was looking at some polling numbers today and like, you know, polling organizations either work for different media companies, you know, even the people on our side, you can't always like 100% trust it, so I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, There's numbers getting thrown around. I saw recently that like 54% of Canadians, if not support the Freedom Convoy, at least support the idea that the mandates have gone too far and should be ended. I've seen other numbers up at 90%, um, but like if you just look at the politics of it, right? Like, so Trudeau's party, the liberal party of Canada only has 33% of the seats in the house of parliament. So let's extrapolate that. So if he's got 33% diehard supporters that leaves 67% who could either be with the freedom convoy or in that middle, that means we're in the majority. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, most people know truck drivers, right? Like there's, I think there's something like, 350 odd thousand truck drivers in Canada, 400,000 in a population of 38 million, you know, Mm -hmm. most people, if you're not like an email job cased bug that lives in a condo somewhere that has no connection with the real world, Which unfortunately is a lot of urbanites, and Canada is a very urbanized country, I'll grant you.
1: Unless you're a libertarian podcaster, then you know a lot of truck drivers.
0: (laughs) Wow. You want to get into like marginal decimal point territory there, bro. That's on you. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, you know, millions of people, like at least a million people, came out to the roadsides to welcome and, and support these convoys all across the country. And this, this, we're not some fringe minority. So, you know, like I say, Trudeau's got a, real, he's got a real problem on his hands. We're not going away. The truckers aren't going away. You can't tow them. The army won't cooperate. Um, most regular Canadians, you know, and I say regular as in not being brain damaged by the CBC and having some connection to the working class, support us or at very least support the idea that the government's out over their skis and they've gone too far.
1: So let's, let's say hopefully that, uh, you know, within the next days or weeks or, or months, whatever it takes that, um, the freedom convoy wins, uh, the COVID regime loses all, all of the, the mandates and, uh, constraints and vax passes, they all go away. Um, what do you think needs to happen in Canada, but also, I mean, it's cause you could, this could be any country—United States, you know, European countries, whatever. What needs to happen to prevent this? Do you think from happening again? Because this could easily happen again, where the next uh, pandemic or climate passes or w- whatever the <laughs> hell the governments want to throw at us.
0: Well, this this is this is the thing. You, you raise a very you raise a very good point. Um, this COVID stuff is a testing ground for the next one. And a lot of people have said this before us that the climate alarmists are going to try and bring in climate mandates and impose on our rights to use energy of our choosing. Right. You see a lot Mm -hmm. of these leftist dingbats online saying you're not allowed, you shouldn't be using stoves inside, like having a propane range or a natural gas grill in your house is bad. You know, driving cars is bad. The, the COVID regime, I think, is being used by these people as a test case. So what happens when, when we ultimately prevail is that we can't let our guard down because the, the, the powers that be that are behind all this are relentless and are looking for the next next thing that they can use to control us, which is going to be either climate or something else. And I, and I think people really need to have like a, a, a deep-down look at what happened in the last 2 years and then compare that to other things that in history that have happened where we let our guard down and we and you know the, the left and the people that support all this garbage whatever stripe they are they've abandoned concepts like bodily sovereignty about you being able to make your own health decisions like if you're a libertarian the ultimate thing is the individual and their ability to choose and live peacefully with everybody else without coercion, Mm -hmm. fraud, or force. These people are all about coercion and force. So, like, we can't, you know, yeah, it's great. If we beat Trudeau, awesome. Most of the people involved in this are just going to go and carry on with their lives. But we can't not forget what happened here. Mm -hmm. We can't not forget that these guys basically shut society down for two years and tried to impose... Biomedical fascism on us in the form of vaccine mandates, and I, I choose those words very, cl- cl- very, very carefully. The, the term fascism gets thrown around a lot by all kinds of stupid people who don't even know what the original version of it meant. Who don't even know what Mussolini meant, or FDR, or Hitler, or any of the other people that are accused of being fascist, or who are the progenitors of it. Mm-hmm. It is the government and corporations working together to manage the economy and to manage society. What we have here is Trudeau working with big tech and big pharma, and this is happening in the United States as well and in other countries, to create surveillance systems for keeping an eyeball on the average person, right, and for heavily coercing or forcing them into taking pharmaceutical products they don't want to take. I mean, this is literally government and corporate collusion in attempting yeah. to manage all of our lives. This is textbook fascism. And there's morons out there saying that me and my fellow truck drivers trying to defend against this are the fascists. It's 1984 level bullshit. Right? Yeah. And we have to keep we have to keep on guard for that because they're gonna keep trying to push it.
1: Well, it's it's the only playbook that they have to respond. Um, they, they they can't respond, you know, w- w- with, with actual facts because they, if when you stack up the facts against each other, they lose. So they yeah they go back to calling the other side fascists, racists, Nazis. It's the same thing when you look look what's happening to Joe Rogan right now. Joe Rogan, you know, just ha- and Joe Rogan's not even like a you know a, a controversial guy. Um, he's no, not he's only, a political he's only, he's only, guy. The
0: only he's, reason that Rogan is controversial is, he's, is because he's so wildly popular, right? There's a, yeah. a l- l- let me be so bold as to state there's a, a similarity, almost an analog between what's happening with the Freedom Convoy and mm-hmm. what's happening with Rogan. Bear with me.
1: Yeah, go so, for it,
0: Rogan right who's a comedian and a former television host and an MMA guy you know he he he's had his fame and his successes before his podcast started then he starts a podcast in his living room with his friends and then it becomes the biggest thing on the internet and you would have seen these Nielsen ratings that came out a few months ago that showed that every single one of Rogan's episodes would on average get 11 million viewers the mm-hmm. next tv personality south of rogan in that ranking was tucker carlson at like four million and then it all descended from there so all the mainstream media people are getting creamed by this like comedian martial artist guy with a podcast so they have to attack him because he's beating them at their own game with something he built himself literally out of his living room that grew organically and he's just, he was just popular with the people. Take the Freedom Convoy. The Freedom Convoy started in someone's living room or kitchen table. Uh, Tamara Lich and this other guy, BJ Dichter, and, and their friends in Alberta. It started out with a small group of people in Alberta. Within two weeks, it was a worldwide phenomenon. Had gained ten million dollars in donations on GoFundMe. Captured the heart of a nation, and 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 had um you know ten percent of truckers. And the entire country supporting them, at least. I mean, the, the, the Trudeau keeps saying like ninety percent of truckers are vaccinated. Well, just because they're vaccinated doesn't mean they support Trudeau. It just means they took the shots to keep their jobs. So, and honestly,
1: n- I I don't believe those numbers. I don't believe the the ninety percent <laughs> truckers vaccinated in Canada. I don't believe the numbers in the United States. They're saying percentage vac- well, vaccinated. Well,
0: okay, that's the, we, we we can set that argument aside. But like, let's yeah. just say, for sake of argument, the numbers are true. In that 90% of truckers that may or may not have been vaccinated, most of them support us. Most of them know Trudeau's full of shit. Most of them know the government's full of shit. They just took the shots to be able to keep their jobs and feed their Mm -hmm. kids. And that's a rational choice to make given the circumstances, right? So we have this organic convoy that, like Rogan, it's popular amongst the people. It's supported by the people And it blew the doors off of all these institutions that didn't see it coming and have no claim to it. Like I mentioned earlier we were discussing this. They're not attached to any unions, not attached to any labor organizations, not attached to any political parties, not attached to any media, not attached to anything. Just like Rogan wasn't. Rogan started his own thing, ran with it, became super popular, and now all the media people are attacking him and using any excuse under the sun to throw shit at him. Which is exactly what's happening with the Freedom Convoy.
1: Yeah, and, and another similarity, um, you can't control either of them. You can't control the Freedom Convoy because it is a grassroots movement, and it's, you know, it, it, there, there's no, like you said, there's not a union behind it or any source of power that could be influenced or manipulated. And with Rogan, say Rogan sells out, and he kind of has sold out to a certain extent. You know, agreeing to you know take down seventy episodes or, or whatever it was, but say he sells out even more so, and his his show just turns into like a, a cable news type show. Um, people just won't. He'll lose everything. He'll lose his whole audience. People don't want that. People want what they had before. That's why they. That's why they listen to it. That's why well, they watched the it. Thing.
0: Like that. That's a perfect phrase. People want what they had before. People want mm-hmm. the society we had in Canada, and in the United States, and in the rest of the world. We want what we had before this COVID regime took over in response to a virus that has an infection fatality rate across the average 0.02%. They have blown this thing so far out of proportion, bifurcated our society with psychological warfare, and people have had enough. Right?
1: Yeah. 100% agree. And uh, I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit off of COVID, just just for the the end of the interview here, because it's okay. not often that it's not often that, that I get a uh, a trucker on the show, and you know I'm kind of I'm always curious why so many you know freedom loving individuals, people who uh, you know are libertarian, um, get into trucking. So do you have, do you have a theory on on, on why so many? Because I mean I think honestly it it, it feels like sometimes like. 5 or 10% of our audience are truckers. Okay, so, okay, so there's two, there's why do you two think things that is? going
0: on here. There's two things going on here. So, in podcast world, truck drivers are heavily represented in the listenership, right? Because we have all this time behind the wheel, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I, I grew up, you know, I I've, I've been a trucker for 25 years. So when I started trucking, all there was was like AM radio, FM radio, books on tape, CDs, right? Then podcasting comes along, and you can listen to whatever you want. You can download anything you want on your phone, right? That's part of Mm -hmm. the reason why podcasting took off. We could bypass the media gatekeepers and find whatever interested us. And truck drivers, you know, there's... 1.8 million active cdl holders driving big trucks in the u.s never mind local delivery guys never mind people that like traveling salesmen any other reason you need to be on the road lots this is a great medium for that so truck drivers are heavily represented in podcast listenership the other thing is truck drivers as a cohort a subculture a group however you want to categorize us we drive truck because our personality is not disposed to working with other people or being around other people all the time. Like we like being by ourselves. This is not the job where if you're a really social person, you're going to be successful at it because you're in the cab of a truck all day. Like you might interact with customers when you're loading or unloading, Mm -hmm. you go to the truck stop, you know, it's not completely lonely, but the majority of your day you are by yourself. And you have to have the personality that goes along with that. The personality types of people that like to be by themselves are also the types of people that like to be left alone. Don't like to be told what to do. Don't like office politics. Don't like managers. Well, what are libertarians? People that don't like to be told what to do. Right? So like all (laughs) of this, all of this stuff tracks, right?
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, if you connect all the dots, podcasting as it started up, truckers probably played a large role in just the growth of podcasts in general because they had this huge demand. So, and podcasts have been a, a huge part in, you know, in spreading ideas about freedom and liberty. So, really, truckers have been the catalyst for. You know pulling that demand curve for uh for podcasts and helping to spread the message of liberty so yeah, you can take sure. credit for that too as a uh, as a trucker but i I'm always curious um because every trucker has at least one or twenty crazy stories of uh, of stuff that's happened to them out on the road, and you have a career you've worked in several countries, so whenever I talk to a trucker i'm always I'm always curious to ask for one of, those, one of those crazy stories. If there's one that you can share that jumps to mind right away that uh, is, is just a crazy story.
0: Um, all right. Well, I'll tell you a story about so, some hitchhikers I picked up once. Uh, I've been on both sides of the hitchhiking equation. I've hitchhiked when I was younger. I've also been a trucker and picked up hitchhikers. So I'm in Alberta. Uh, I, I unloaded... I unloaded something in Calgary and I had this little boy trailer and I had a, uh, I had something on it from Calgary that I had to take to Winnipeg and then I'd unload it in Winnipeg, reload some other stuff and then bring that back down to our home base in Hamilton. So anyway, I leave Calgary. I stop in an hour East of Calgary. There's a place called Strathmore and there's a big truck stop there. And, um, there's a set of lights along the Trans-Canada highway and I slow down for the lights and just, heading east out of strathmore there's this gentleman standing on the side of the road hitchhiking pick him up he's a newfoundlander and he's trying to go back home to newfoundland so throw him in the truck we get yapping you know usual hitchhiker driver talk no problem a couple hours later there's a town on the eastern side of alberta called medicine hat and I stopped in Medicine Hat to get a coffee. There's a shopping mall with, like, a big, huge parking lot. You can park a bunch of trucks in it, and there's a Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is, like, this coffee chain in Canada. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them in the U.S. as well. <coughs> so we go to Timmy's. The Newfie guy has a cigarette. We got a couple of coffees. We're standing outside the coffee shop. And I noticed on the ground, uh, on the sidewalk in front of the coffee shop, there's, like, these backpacks. And there's a dog and a cat. So there's this dog and it has like a horse saddle on it, like a pack saddle. And on top of the saddle on the dog's back is a cat. So this dog is lying down and then there's a cat lying down on top of the dog. And there's these two backpacks and a sign that says Ottawa. And there's these two hippies sitting inside the Tim Hortons. So I grab the Ottawa sign and then I knock on the window. And I point at the sign, and then I point at the hippies as if to say, is this you? And they give me the thumbs up. All right, right on. So I wave them out. So they come out. We shoot the breeze. I say, all right, you can hop in with me. So now I have me in this T-800 Kenworth driving, this Newfie guy in the jump seat, and then this young hippie couple who are from the Ottawa area somewhere, and their dog and their cat in the truck. So away we go. And we head out to Winnipeg and like Calgary to Winnipeg is uh, 14, 15 hour drive. I get to, I get to, I get to Winnipeg and uh, I go to bed and I, I told the hippie guy, I said, listen, I said, I told the new I said, I have to unload and reload. I might be here for a day or a day and a half getting all this taken care of. And I, you know, and I told the hippies from Ottawa, the same thing. And the newfie guy took off and kept hitchhiking on his own. And this hippie couple, pitched their tent behind the old uh, mint truck stop on the east side of Winnipeg and waited for me. And, you know, I kind of felt bad for them. You know, they don't have any very much money. They're young. So I paid for them to have showers. I bought them dinner or whatever. I went into Winnipeg, unloaded my load, reloaded my other load, come back out to the truck stop. They're still there waiting for me. No problem. Hop back in the truck. Away we go. So I pull an all-nighter. I'm leaving Winnipeg in the afternoon. The next major city coming east on the Trans-Canada Highway is Thunder Bay. And it's like 5.30 in the morning, and the, the, t- the hippie couple are in my bunk sleeping. I'm driving. The dog's sleeping, and the cat is sleeping. And the sun's just starting to come up, you know, right in my windshield because we're facing east. And then the cat comes out of the bunk and hops on the passenger seat and looks up at me, and I'm driving. And I look at the cat, and the cat looks at me. And then the cat jumps up on my shoulder, puts its front paws on my shoulder, and the back paws on the seat, and the cat's just sitting there like it's in charge of the cab of my truck, which I thought was kind of funny. Anyway, we carry on. I got these guys as far as Sudbury, where I turned right to go down towards Toronto, and they were going to keep going towards Ottawa, and I drop them off. Where they go? I go home. And then the next day, I'm visiting a friend of mine, and my friend's mother is there as I'm telling this story to my friend. And I mentioned these hitchhikers and their dog and their cat and the saddle that the dog had and the cat sleeping on top. And my friend's mother shows me a newspaper clipping of this same hippie couple hanging out in Victoria, BC and a journalist in Victoria had taken a photo of their dog and their cat and put it on the AP wire. And it went around all these newspapers all around the world. Cause like, this is, Two thousand mm-hmm. and one, two
1: thousand and
0: two, and they should. I'm, I'm looking at this newspaper clipping. I'm like, I picked those guys up hitchhiking in Medicine Hat. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what a small world. And it t- <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, that, that, that's my story. Multiple hitchhikers at once, dogs and cats, and <laughs> trucking all the way across Canada. So
1: why? So did the dog actually? Did the cat actually sit on the on the dog's back and like walk on the saddle? Was that?
0: Yes, correct. That's there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I knew you would have something that uh, that wouldn't disappoint. But so before I let you go here, just I mean I just want to get if there's anything I haven't asked you about the Freedom Convoy, um, if there's anything just just in general about you know that's important to this uh, the this story, what's going on. Well, or anything else you really wanted to get to, to plug or get out there, I just wanted to give you a, give you some time to uh, to say that.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that, and and the one thing I'm I'm, I'm going to reiterate and um, give great import is the fact that this is not just about truckers. This is about everybody. This is about everyone who's been a- affected by lockdowns, vaccine mandates, the psychological warfare of the COVID regime. This is not just about truckers. The organizers have made this very clear, despite the smears in the media saying we're racists and right-wing fringe people and anti-vaxxers and all the rest of this garbage. It is not just about us. It's about everybody. It's about getting society out from underneath all of this garbage and returning us to some semblance of normality and for preventing the creation of of a biomedical surveillance state that's going to track your every move and regulate your life to the nth degree based on whether or not you've submitted to their pharmaceutical experimentation. Mm -hmm. That's what I want everybody to know.
1: That's, That's important to highlight, I think, because when you see, at least in the U.S., of course, I don't even, I don't watch the news here. I don't even know I don't even know what they're saying <laughs> on the news really. I get all my news on Twitter. But I would assume they're probably saying the same thing you see Trudeau saying where these are all racists and Nazis and you know which I'm looking for. So any, like any if you
0: post this on social media if there's any of your listeners who are more connected to the American Freedom Convoy that's planned to leave California Mm -hmm. and go to DC. I only have heard of one guy and I follow him on Twitter and he doesn't post there very much. I'm assuming he's, he's busy, but if there's any information that you guys have on the American analog to the Canadian freedom convoy, post it, send it to me. I'm, I'm on Twitter at ghost of Gordon. I'd love to hear about it. I would love to help you amplify your message. I'm here for my American brothers and sisters. I'm here for everybody around the world Who's fighting these mandates? Whether they're truckers, non-truckers, or just regular people, I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, and I, I just want to re- reiterate that. Definitely follow Gordon on Twitter at Ghost of Gord. Um, just a couple—was that yesterday or two days ago? You had an awesome thread on there, just breaking down, you know, the current status, what, what was going on with the Freedom Convoy. Um, you know, like we talked about at the top of the show, you're very plugged in. You know, people who are right there <coughs> on the ground in, in Ottawa. So, um, definitely highly recommend following Gordon and thank you for giving.
0: That's been, that's been my beat here. I've, I've sort of been thrust into this position as a citizen journalist, if only because I was already opinionated on the trucking business. And then this Mm -hmm. thing came along and, you know, just like what you're doing with your podcast and every other podcaster is doing is we're giving voices to people and movements and ideas that the mainstream media and the regime media would rather ignore, pretend we don't exist, or smear us. And so here I am standing up for my fellow truck drivers, just this little account on Twitter, and just, just by reporting on it, it's turned into a thing. And um, if I can be helpful in that regard, good.
1: Hey, it's crazy when you think about it. Even back in two thousand one, when you were driving that hippie couple and their and their dog and their cat around, if the same thing had happened with a uh, you know massive uh, trucker protest and you wanted to get your opinions out, then really there weren't ways to do it. I mean, there was what, like blogs and stuff, but you didn't really have podcasts, and it, it's just it was much more easily accessible sure. to influence the media.
0: Yeah. Much, much more difficult back then for sure. I mean, as much as people want to trash Twitter and social media for being cesspools and they can be, mm-hmm. they're also very effective tools if, if, if used correctly.
1: 100%. Well, Gordon, thank you for your time. And, uh, we'll be, uh, staying up to date, following you on Twitter as this, uh, continues to develop and, you know, maybe, maybe have you back on to get another update.
0: Yeah, no, anytime brother. thank you very much for having me. And, uh, Uh, I'd like to say hello to my fellow truckers and trucker podcasters like Reed Coverdale and Tommy Salmons and, you know, that whole crew out there, you know, like, uh, go follow them. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate the opportunity to
1: um, share our message. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Cheers. Hey, I want to tell you about the Daniel 3 Biblical Anarchy Podcast with Jacob Winograd. It's an ongoing evaluation on how a Christian should view the state and human authority, as well as diving into the principles of libertarianism. On the podcast, he explores the entanglements between the church and the state in order to bring Christians and the church back to practicing the mantra of no king but Christ. Episodes about philosophy, anarchism, politics, economics, and of course, very interesting guests. Please check it out, the Daniel 3 Biblical Anarchy Podcast with Jacob Winograd. Hey everybody, hope you enjoyed that interview today, Um, getting into the important topics of today, talking about the Canadian uh, trucking convoy, the Freedom Convoy. Uh, it's going to be exciting stuff to follow over the next few weeks and to see what happens in the United States as well. Crazy times. Uh, but before I let you go, I do have one small ask for you. As many of you know, I did start the Finding Freedom solo feed. And, you know, as a part of that solo feed, of course, you get. Every Thursday episode. I'm sure many of you are listening in that solo feed, um, but many are listening in the regular um, Lions of Liberty network feed. What you miss being in the Lions of Liberty network feed is you miss out on what I publish on Tuesdays. Uh, So every Tuesday in that solo feed, I'm going to reach back into my archives, my Finding Freedom Archives, my Felony Friday Archives. I'm going to pull out a fantastic interview, inspiring, motivating interview, um, something that is going to just make you um, shake your head and at the same time, blow your mind. And this past week, I played uh, an interview with previous guest, J.C. Almanza. J.C. is a guy who had a crazy life growing up. Um, ended up doing time in a Mexican prison, got stabbed in a Mex- Mexican prison. Finally, after uh, more than a decade um, in the US prison system, um, he was able to get out and build uh, just an awesome life as a personal trainer, um, and ad- someone who is an advocate for, for health and wellness. And uh, someone who today, uh, you know, on Instagram, he's one of the most motivating people um, that I follow. So definitely check it out. Subscribe to the Finding Freedom solo feed and check out Tuesday's interview with JC Amanza and share it with a friend. Thank you, everyone, for your support, no matter which feed you subscribe to. Um, you can always also, also join the Lions of Liberty, uh, Patreon, go to patreon.com slash lions of Liberty, or for locals, just go to lionsofliberty.locals.com. I always, I can't seem to remember that one (laughs) What, what the URL is, but of course you get all our bonus content, all that great stuff. Um, you could have watched this interview with Gord, with Gordon that I did. You could have watched it live and commented it if you were in the Pride. And uh, with that, guys, that's all I got. Always remember to keep your head up, and the fire's Liberty burning.